0: My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. A few weeks ago, a listener from my hometown in Idaho reached out to me to see if I had ever used the song Heart of Worship by Matt Redman to explore scripture. I admitted that while I was aware that the lyrics literally say more than a song in them, I had not used it yet. And while I was studying Colossians last week, there was a direction I wanted to go, but it would have been chasing a rabbit. So I saved the rabbit chase for a fresh episode and this classic song. So before we jump into scripture, let's listen. I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself Is not what you have required You search much deeper all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made. When it's all about you, it's all about In one of our focus verses last week, as we studied Colossians, we discover this admonition from Paul to the reader. In verse 16 of chapter 3, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. It seems, by the way, this is worded that the way we let the word of Christ dwell in us richly is to teach, teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, so the seed you've received through your study in God's word, you are to sow into the lives of others. And one way we teach and admonish is through singing of psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Yay! Scripture's telling us to do something we love. We let the word of Christ dwell in us richly when we sing the word of Christ. And so I've said it for a while now. There's power in music. Uh, if we use it to tie what we're studying in scripture to the music that we're listening to, if we allow the power of the song to remind us what we've learned from scripture, of course we're not going to let the song become our scripture. It's a tool. The power is in the word of God. But I grabbed an old resource off my shelf from my days in Bible college and it's Nelson's Complete Book of Bible Maps and Charts. I'll link to it in the show notes if you're interested. It's it's truly a reference book, but they have a new and they have a newer edition out there than the one I have on my shelf. It's been a while since I've been in Bible college, but in the section on Colossians it says this: As evident in the Old Testament, the Hebrew faith emphasized the joy of singing to the Lord, but Christianity is even more profoundly a singing faith. Singing can help to make teaching and preaching even more useful. The Colossians were to emphasize the ministry of teaching and admonition by the singing of psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. I love it. And I also agree with Paul's approach. So let's emphasize the ministry of teaching through our music. Now, by taking the bite of consulting an outside resource, this Nelson's Complete Book of Bible Maps and Charts provided a chart or a list of hymns and songs sung throughout the Old and New Testaments. It's a, not a comprehensive list by any means. It will definitely get you started, though, on a biblical journey to discover and meditate on some hymns and songs in the Old and New Testaments. Now, I I just use the word BITE. BITE is just an acronym, B-I-T-E. It stands for Bible Interaction Tool Exercises. And these are just tools I use to keep my time in God's Word varied. And I generally ask you to shy away from using outside resources as a first step in your interaction journey. However, like I said at the top, the discovery in this resource came out of my study of Colossians last week. And if you haven't listened to last week's episode, I encourage you to do so and maybe even take a few days or a week to study Colossians And then this verse comes out of our study, but I mentioned um, it's going to take us in a completely different direction. So last week we were talking about aligning our lives with the life and character of Christ. So it makes sense that encouraging others to do the same is part of that. And joy upon joy, we're actually encouraged to do so in scripture through song. So one of the songs highlighted in the chart of in the resource that I talked about is Moses's song of praise to God. Just before his death in Deuteronomy chapter 32. And so let's head over there to explore a bit. Deuteronomy 32 is a pretty long song. And uh, so I'm not going to take the time to unpack the entire song today. But I want to point out a few things. It has some really encouraging parts like verse 4 where it says the rock capital R. uh, God his work is perfect. For all his ways are justice, a God of faithfulness and without iniquity. Just and upright is he. That's awesome. All right. And it also has some really uncomfortable parts, like verse 15 that says, but Jeshurun, uh, which is just basically a poetic name for Israel. It's like an endearing nickname. Uh, Jeshurun grew fat and kicked. You grew fat, stout, and sleek. Then he forsook God who made him and scoffed at the rock. Of his salvation. Okay, so what kind of song is this? <laughs> well, you would have to read it in context to discover some amazing, if not shocking, gems. Reading in context is my favorite bite. Bible interaction tool exercise is my favorite. I generally define reading in context as reading the chapter before your focus chapter and the chapter after. And in this case, that will definitely do the trick. So I'm going to use the bite right now of using section headings to get my bearings for today's podcast. But I don't want you to miss an opportunity to read a large chunk of scripture for yourself. So you read the whole chapter. You read 31, 32, 33, and at the big, be- but I'll recap it for you in this moment just so we can get to the point that I'm trying to make. But at the beginning of chapter 31, we see Joshua is slated to become the leader after Moses. And then Moses writes out the law and gives it to the priests with instructions to make sure that everyone hears every word of the law every seven years so that every generation knows exactly what God expects of them. And then there's Joshua's commissioning ceremony. So basically, Joshua and Moses head over to the tent of meeting, they present themselves before God. God's presence in the visible form of the pillar of cloud stands over the entrance of the tent. And here is what God said. Behold, you and he's talking to Moses. Behold, you are about to lie down with your fathers, meaning you're going to die. And this then this people will rise and whore after the foreign gods among them in the land that they are entering. And they will forsake me and break my covenant that I have made with them. Then my anger will be kindled against them in that day and I will forsake them and hide my face from them and they will be devoured and many evils and troubles will come upon them so that they will say in that day, have not these evils come upon us because our God is not among us. And I will surely hide my face in that day because of all the evil that they have done because they have turned to other gods. Awesome. (laughs) I'm sure Joshua is so encouraged by this great. I'm going to lead the people into the promised land, but then it's going to all fall to pieces after that because he's in the room. Even though God's talking to Moses, he's in the room. And I'm sure you're thinking, this is the perfect topic for a song, right? <laughs> let's put put together the playlist now. Let's see, good, good father. And then let's tuck in covenant breakers right there in the middle. And of course, while I jest to God, this was the perfect time to write a song because God knows that lyrics are way easier to remember than anything else to be honest rhythm and rhyme will seep into your soul and come out at the most interesting times now do you think i'm kidding listen to this the next verse says now therefore write this song and teach it to the people of israel put it in their mouths that this song may be a witness for me against the people of israel for when i've brought them into the land flowing with milk and honey, which I swore to give to their fathers and they have eaten and are full and grown fat. They will turn to other gods and serve them and despise me and break my covenant. And when many evils and troubles have come upon them, this song shall confront them as a witness for it will live unforgotten in the mouths of their offspring. For I know that they are inclined what what they are inclined to do even today before I brought them into the land that I swore to give. So Moses wrote this song the same day and taught it to the people of Israel. <laughs> so let's stop here and take a um, take the bite of making a list. What do we see are the characteristics of this song according to the Lord, okay? So first thing I have is God instructed Moses to write it and to teach it to the people. I wrote down when a song is taught, it is quote put in their mouths. I also added to my list, the song will be a witness for God against the people of Israel. So this is kind of like an I told you so song in in my estimation. Uh, this phrase gets me, for it will live unforgotten in the mouths of their offspring. And then finally, Moses did not delay in writing the song. He wrote it the same day. Now there are many songs in my mouth that have gone unforgotten and many of them have nothing to do with God or the things that he has for me. Many of them actually might lead me away from the things of God and the ways of God. I'm thinking the 1987 Fleetwood Mac song Little Lies comes to mind. You know it actually encourages uh the singer to tell lies, calls them sweet little lies as if there is such a thing. So But this song of Moses, this song that God gave to Moses was to live on. It was to remind the people that although they never thought they would do the things in the song, by golly, they did. They were a covenant breaking people. And the end of the song says that God repays those who hate him and cleanses his people's land. And our chart included a cleansing that was accompanied by a song in 2 Chronicles Twenty-nine. So let's head over to Second Chronicles 29 where Hezekiah becomes the king of Judah at about 25 years old. And scripture tells us in the first year of his reign, in the first month, he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. He brought in the priests and the Levites and assembled them in the square on the east and said to them, Hear me, Levites, now consecrate yourselves and consecrate the house of the Lord, the God of your fathers, and carry out the filth from the holy place. So when we follow the bite again of reading in context, we're going to see what happened, that the doors of the house of the Lord were closed. We see Hezekiah's father Ahaz just go off the rails. In verse 22 of chapter 28, we read, In the time of his distress, speaking of Ahaz, he became yet more faithless to the Lord. For he sacrificed to the gods of Damascus that had defeated him and said, because the gods of the kings of Syria helped them, I will sacrifice to them that they may help me. Oh, my goodness, dude. But they were in—they were the ruin of him and all of Israel. And Ahaz gathered together the vessels of the house of God and cut in pieces the vessels of the house of God. And he shut up the doors of the house of the Lord, and he made himself altars in every corner of Jerusalem. In every city of Judah, he made high places to make offerings to other gods, provoking to anger the Lord, the God of his fathers." So this sounds a whole lot like our song in Deuteronomy chapter 32. Because in verse 16 it says, They stirred him, God, to jealousy with strange gods. With abominations they provoked him to anger. This is a song that God had Moses write down long before Ahaz and Hezekiah were ever a glimmer in their mama's eye. They sacrificed, verse 17, they sacrificed to demons that were no gods, to gods they had never known, to new gods that had come recently, whom your fathers had never dreaded. You were unmindful of the rock that bore you, and you forgot the God who gave you birth. So Hezekiah comes into power. He cleanses the temple. He reminds the priests and the Levites who are, Um, the worship leaders uh, what their job was. He says in verse 11, my sons do not now be negligent for the Lord has chosen you to stand in his presence, to minister to him and to be his ministers and make offerings to him. And then if you go further down in the text, you see this Hezekiah, the king rose early and this is after the priests and the Levites cleansed the temple and now it's ready for a worship service and so it says in verse 20 he rose early and gathered the officials of the city and went up to the house of the Lord and they brought seven bulls seven rams seven lambs and seven male goats for a sin offering for the kingdom and for the sanctuary and for Judah and he commanded the priests the sons of Aaron to offer them on the altar of the Lord so they slaughtered the bulls and the priests received the blood and threw it against the altar and they slaughtered the rams and their blood was thrown against the altar and they slaughtered the lambs and their blood was thrown against the altar then the goats for the sin offering were brought to the king and the assembly and they laid their hands on them and the priest slaughtered them and made a sin offering with their blood on the altar to make atonement for all Israel for the king commanded that the burnt offering and the sin offering should be made for all Israel. And then this is where the song and the singing comes in. He stationed the Levites in the house of the Lord with cymbals and harps and lyres, according or lyres, according to the commandment of David and of Gad, the king's seer, and of Nathan the prophet. For the commandment was from the Lord through his prophets. The Levites stood with the instruments of David. And the priests with the trumpets. Then Hezekiah commanded that the burnt offering be offered on the altar. And when the burnt offering began, the song to the Lord began also. And the trumpets accompanied by the instruments of David, king of Israel, The whole assembly worshiped, and the singers sang, and the trumpeters sounded. All this continued until the burnt offering was finished. When the offering was finished, the king and all who were present with him bowed themselves and worshiped, and Hezekiah the king and the officials commanded the Levites to sing praises to the Lord with the words of David and of Asaph the seer, and they sang praises with gladness, and they bowed down and worshiped. Now, where have we seen songs from David and Asaph? In the Psalms, right? So these are some of the very songs that we still have in God's holy word that we can read. This was a coming back to the heart of worship moment for the people of Israel, or so it seems. Because there's a prophet that lived and prophesied during the reign of Hezekiah named Hosea, and Hosea six six, God says this: "I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings." So uh, while I think that Hezekiah had all the greatest of intentions, Hosea—he's speaking through Hosea and saying, "It's not just the checklist. This is not a checklist sacrifice. I want your heart. I want your love." Another prophet that lived and prophesied during the reign of Hezekiah named Isaiah, Isaiah 111, God asks, What to me is the multitude of your sacrifices? I've had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of well-fed beasts. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or lambs or of goats. How can they say, how can he say that? He, he actually commanded them in the law to do that. So why is he now saying, I don't delight in that? Because it does go on to say what does bring him delight in verse 16 of chapter one, wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes, cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. And if I take the bite of following the cross references, I see that God already spoke this idea through the prophet Samuel in 1 Samuel 15, 22. Samuel says, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to listen than the fat of rams. And Matthew records Jesus repeating this phrase a couple of times, one of which is in, in response to the religious elite who criticized him for hanging out with sinners. And Jesus responds by commanding in Matthew chapter nine, verse 13, he says, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice for I came not to call the righteous, but sinners And then the ultimate fulfillment and replacement of the sacrificial system is in Christ. We read in Hebrews chapter 10 that the sacrificial system was a shadow of what Christ would ultimately fulfill in one single perfect sacrifice. Verse 14, by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. So if Christ fulfills the sacrificial system, thereby ending the requirement of the blood of animals to cleanse us from our sin, is there a sacrifice still required? Well, I, think, I think I'm thinking of Romans 12:1, where it says that we're called to uh, present our bodies, our very lives as a living sacrifice. Uh, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And then I'm thinking of Hebrews 13, 15 that calls us to offer a sacrifice of praise. It says, through him, then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. So then now that I've kind of studied all of this and I have all these verses and these cross references and all that, what is a sacrifice that is pleasing in God's sight? There's a whole lot of clues sprinkled throughout all those verses, old and new. How can we bring more than a song to the altar of our worthy God? If I make a list of what I've discovered so far, I see that obeying the voice of the Lord is pleasing in God's sight, mercy, steadfast love. Washing ourselves, making ourselves clean. We know that uh, in the teaching of the New Testament that we do that through God's word. Removing the evil of your deeds. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Removing evil from our eyes. Seeking justice. Correcting oppression. Bringing justice to the fatherless. Pleading the widow's cause. Renewing our mind with truth. Refusing to be conformed to this world. Acknowledging his name out loud doing good and sharing what we have. So the next time you stand in worship of our holy God, the next time you lift a song of praise, recognize that this list is more important to God than any lyric. It's more important than any cool beat or, or guitar riff. Bring this kind of life to the altar, and you will be bringing him more than a song. You will bring him to light. So what's next? We've covered a lot of ground today. I'm sorry I went a little bit long, but I think it's worth it. Don't you? I, I was really excited about what I discovered this week. So read the song God had Moses write in Deuteronomy 32. Read it that in context. Consider what the song was intended to do for the people. Then explore the worship service after Hezekiah cleansed the temple in 2 Chronicles 29. Keep in mind what God was saying through the prophets in Hezekiah's day in Hosea 6 and Isaiah 1. Start to wrap your head around what God's true intention was in the sacrificial system and discover how Christ fulfilled it in Hebrews chapter 10 and make a list of the kind of sacrificial life that God um, delights in. And while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. Hop on Twitter at michellekneezat, Instagram at michellekneezat. Michelle L. Nizat is my public Facebook page, and we can talk about what you're learning. Now, More Than a Song is a proud member of the NRT Podcast Network, a network of podcasts associated with new release today. NewReleaseToday.com is the most innovative and largest Christian entertainment site online, existing to inform fans immediately about each week's new releases. I'm super excited to be part of this network. I hope you check them out. Now, if you haven't joined the 30 day music challenge yet, I highly recommend it. The challenge is to listen exclusively to Christian music for 30 days. You are never too late to jump in. Just submit your name and email address at MichelleNeesat.com forward slash 30 day challenge. And you're in. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank any new subscribers to my website. And I just want to remind you that when you subscribe, you get a one-page resource of my top five bites that I've used on the podcast. Um, And then I send you an email once a week that includes the show notes and all the links and all those things that I talk about on the podcast straight into your inbox. And I also include instant access to any of the extra resources that I create from time to time. And all of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to com to subscribe today. And if you haven't had a chance to write a review in iTunes yet, I highly recommend it and it encourages me. Um, It also helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Of course, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website at com, through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. You can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using Miracle or Not by Elisa Turner. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michelleknizat.com forward slash 380. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.